All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a very special episode of Chelsea and Noel Go to Hell. I am Chelsea, your lone wolf for the night. Noel is currently out of town. She is on an airplane causing hell and destruction to all who happen to be in her wake. We had a very busy week last week. As some of you probably know, we participated in Fanex, which is Utah's version of Comic-Con legally distinct from because they got sued out of using that name but you know it was quite fun i did manage to record some of the panels that i participated on we'll probably be dropping those just for funsies for those of you who couldn't make it um but as far as this episode goes we're gonna do it live we're going to miss Noelle. She informed me that she is now a born-again Christian, so we wish her the best, and she will join us next week. She wanted to thank everybody who bought my Princess Diana sticker. She realizes the error of her ways, and uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive on into it. Um, ironically enough, we're going to start out talking about twins, even though I am solo tonight. This is going to be a short one, but thank you guys so much for tuning in, and uh, let's do it. So all of us are aware of twins, either fraternal or identical, which, albeit rare, is not generally considered a natural phenomenon, especially now that science understands the ins and outs of reproduction. Um, Something less understood, however, is the idea that somewhere out there, we could have a double of ourselves who in no way, shape, or form is related to us. Now, geneticists have partially disregarded this idea, stating that the roulette of DNA can sometimes duplicate. For example, we all know somebody who genetically could be described as tall, thin, brunette, small nose, wide set eyes, thick eyelashes, the works. Yet, despite knowing enough people who have those physical features that could be the exact same on paper, we're all aware of the subtle differences that make humans completely unique with their physical appearances. Now and then, however, we see these double walkers or doppelgangers pop in and out of our lives with little to no explanation. And the dismissiveness of scientists wanting to kind of throw these occurrences to the wayside due in part to some genetic lottery really doesn't cut it. We're all aware of how random and finite DNA could be, which is why we use it in courts of law. Um, So the idea that somebody could have our same DNA just randomly seems really mathematically out of the question. So let's take a look at the origins of the idea of a doppelganger. In his 1976 novel called Siebenikas, nailed it. German writer Jean-Paul first coined the term doppelganger, and we've been using it ever since. And in his book, two friends changed places with one another relatively undetected due to just in part how similar they looked. And although the idea of a body double is less sinister in Jean-Paul's story, the insidious nature of doppelgangers and the deception around them has long since persisted since this book in the 1700s. And in fact, humans have been obsessed with duality since the dawn of man. And it is something we continue to utilize in archetypes, um, in our certain archetypes from day to day. We have good and evil, black and white, man and beast, et cetera, et cetera. 
And the idea of there being a double of yourself out there somewhere falls perfectly in line with the concept of such duality. In fact, various cultures warn of what stumbling across your own double could mean for you. But before we really dive into what a doppelganger means, if you see it, I want to dive into some of these occurrences that have been noted in literature, and some of them are real, some of them are just books, but let's go ahead and dive on into those. So according to the Atlas Obscura, Fyodor, oh Jesus Murphy, Fyodor Dostoevsky's novel, The Double, presents a doppelganger as the bold, assertive reflection of a mild and antisocial government clerk. This devil encroaches on the clerk's personal affairs over the course of the story, driving him mad by the story's end. The doppelganger in Edgar Allan Poe's short story called William Wilson seems to exist solely to ruin the narrator's life. A boy attending school in England meets a child with the same name and appearance as himself. And the devil is a source of frustration from the start and appears throughout Wilson's life to thwart his ambitions. In this case, the original Wilson's goals are nefarious, motivated by lust and greed, only to be disrupted by his morally upright counterpart. Continuing on in his biography, The Life of Dr. John Donne, English writer Isaac Walton shares a disputed account of poet John Donne and his wife's doppelganger. One night in 1612, while staying in Paris, Donne was discovered in a deeply disturbed state. He claimed... I have seen a dreadful vision since I saw you. I have seen my dear wife pass twice by me through this room with her hair hanging about her shoulders and a dead child in her arms. And Don reportedly said to his witness, I cannot be sure that I now live than I have not slept since I saw you. And I am as sure that at her second appearing, she stopped and looked at me in the face and vanished. Walton then claims that a messenger was immediately dispatched to check on Don's wife, returning with the news that she was in very poor health after losing their child. So let's dive into some of those mentions of doppelgangers and talk about what seeing your own double could mean for you. The first and most common trope is basically that seeing your double represents an omen of death. Now, before you dismiss this first warning, Consider that Abraham Lincoln famously saw his own doppelganger on the night that he was elected as president in his first term. While resting on a couch in his study, he noticed something very odd out of the corner of his eye. Turning, he faced his mirror and saw himself and saw himself again. Confessing to his wife and a close confidant, Lincoln told them that he saw his own regular reflection and just beside it was a pale ghostly vision of himself. Standing up to investigate, the reflection disappeared. Now, Lincoln's wife, Mary, and her shenanigans could probably be its own episode, but to just quickly summarize her obsession with the occult, Mary very wisely and um, intuitively interpreted that her husband would be elected president twice. He would survive the first term, but not the entirety of his second. And we all know that, as they say, the rest is history. And another victim of their own doppelganger was a man named Percy Shelley. Now, most of you know his famous wife and author of Frankenstein, Mary. And he confessed to his wife on countless occasions that he was concerned with what this vision of himself meant. And while we don't really know what Mary thought about this entire thing, we do know that she kept his heart after he died for a while. 
Um, but it's actually from her friend that we get actual witness testimony, which lets leads some credibility to Percy Shelley's encounter with his doppelganger. So this friend named Jane Wilson saw Percy walking out around outside her window. But this was despite the fact that Percy was found sound asleep in his bed at the same time. Now, shortly after the sighting, Percy drowned in a sailing accident. And in fact, other people seeing your doppelganger, as mentioned before, also has, as I want to just kind of point out, more beliefs about these mysterious doubles. If you see your own doppelganger, it's an omen for death. Now, when somebody else sees your doppelganger, it means that you're probably very ill and likely to die soon. And another example of this, the 18th century Russian empress named Catherine the Great, real person, not a conspiracy, was sound asleep one night when she was suddenly awoken by her terrified servants. And they all seemed very disturbed and notified the empress that they had stumbled across her ghostly double sitting in the, her place in the throne room. Now, concerned that somebody was you know, sitting in her throne, Catherine got out of bed and went to investigate this apparition along with her group of servants. And indeed, she too caught sight of the doppelganger. And the empress ordered the devil be shot right away and retired back to her room before seeing this strange execution be carried out. And she didn't really have much time to inquire about what happened because Catherine died very shortly after this occurred. Other common tropes of seeing your doppelganger is that they'll give you malicious advice, wanting you to essentially be steered towards your terrible end, or that they are your double from a previous life. And that it's merely just your spiritual double, potentially your evil self from the quote unquote other realm, or even you showing up by mistake uh, from an alternative universe, something like an echo. And this goes along with the same lines that Noel and I often talk about when we say that aliens are very much likely existing on the same plane we are, but in a different universe. This is why things like ghosts, aliens, other unexplained phenomenon can come in and out of our visual spectrum just to completely disappear again. Um, I like to buy into the ultimate alternate slash parallel universe. Um, it makes the most sense to me and it makes the most sense for doppelgangers, especially in some of the things that we're going to go into here shortly. And the idea of this alternative universe actually does have some scientific credibility to it. And it's been explored thoroughly by Columbia University physicist Brian Green in his book called The Hidden Reality, Parallel Universes and the Deep Laws of the Cosmos. And I'm sure most of us have seen us. I'm assuming that all of you listening are really into horror movies or just, you know, disturbing movies and us it definitely ties into that. And for those of you who haven't seen us, it's the idea that we have a tethered self living a less than ideal life in a subterranean society that very closely mirrors our own. And this idea of good and evil doppelgangers can actually be traced all the way back to Zoroastrianism, which was around 6th century BCE. And in their belief system, there are two twins called Avra and Angra which represent good and evil. And Norse mythology also talks about this a little bit, except for they call it a Vardgor, Vardogor, Vardogor, Vardoger, Vardogor. I don't know. But it's basically a ghost of our preceding life, which acts out our own actions in the future that we have not experienced yet. So essentially it's seeing a preview um, for something that hasn't happened yet. 
And going back to the idea of the tethered, this is actually laid out pretty well in an article from antiquitynow.org, which states, quote, Hopi legend refers to the twins who were called the child of the sun and the child of the water. The Hopi also believe in duality between the upper world and the underworld, and that whatever is happening here in the upper world, the opposite is happening in the underworld, end quote. And us isn't the only movie playing on the tropes of these doppelgangers. Now, for those of you who've seen Alfred Hitchcock's film called The Wrong Man, you may be familiar with this more than you know. Because in real life, a man named Christopher Emanuel Balestrero went downtown in 1953 to pull some money from his wife's life insurance plan. And while he was out, two detectives spotted him and confirmed that Christopher was the very perp that they'd been tracking for a slew of robberies in Queens. And he was identified by multiple witnesses and even went through an entire trial. And the only reason his first trial ended was because some of the jurors, like, didn't even want to hear evidence anymore. They were full on convinced that he was guilty. So the judge had to declare it kind of a mistrial and start over. You can't just decide as a juror that someone's guilty or not, or at the very least, like hash hash, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, You at least the very least can't say it before all evidence has been submitted. So during his second trial, Christopher's wife had a nervous breakdown about what her husband was going through because she felt an immense amount of guilt for why he was arrested in the first place. So when I first read into this, I was thinking that, well, fuck Christopher. He was pulling money out of his wife and life insurance. That seems like a shitty thing to do. But actually, the only reason he was doing it is because his wife was in need of dental assistance. And they were so desperate for money that she had him go downtown to get the money out of her life insurance so that she could desperately get the medical attention that she needed. Um, What happened instead was that she was institutionalized in 1955 because of her nervous breakdown. And her two young sons were left for quite a while to function without both parents. And it wasn't until Christopher's second trial that another robber was arrested by police on separate charges. And while being questioned, this other man named Charles James Daniel admitted to the crimes that Christopher was on trial for. And it was a big old whoopsie because everybody who took a look at the two men realized how creepily similar they looked. Um, So the police basically just let Christopher fuck off and he and his family were left to pick up the pieces for the rest of his life. And as insane as this sounds, like consider that it was in the 1950s that we put man on the moon, but we couldn't tell whether or not somebody had committed a robbery just based on appearance alone. A lot of our parents were alive at this time. Our grandparents were for sure alive. It's insane to think about something like this happening in our lifetime. And this guy's kids are alive today. And they even give interviews about it sometimes, especially talking about how hard it was on their mother. So let's move on to the most interesting doppelganger story, in my opinion. So in 1845, 13-year-old Julie von Gludenstrobe attended a very prestigious school in Latvia, which was reserved essentially only for royalty and the very comparable elite. And Julie, after telling her father, Baron von Gludenstrobe, about her strange experience at school, was then directed by her father to tell this story to an American writer named Robert Dell Owen. And without this retelling, we may have never heard about the strange story of Julie or her even stranger teacher, 
a 32-year-old woman named Emily Saget. Now, Emily was started teaching when she was only 16 years old, but strangely enough, she had been let go from 19 different teaching jobs in the 16 years she served as an educator. So from ages 16 to 32, 19 jobs that this woman was fired from. And even stranger than that is that every single job termination also came with very strong recommendations by her former employers. They mentioned everything from her professionalism to her strong accolades to her accreditations. And essentially, they just claimed up and down that Emily was a fantastic educator who was loved by her coworkers and the students and was just professional through and through. But it was her doppelganger that was causing issues with her fellow staff and students. Because you see, on multiple occasions while Emily was teaching, she would become suddenly very pale and slovenly and a very physical toll would kind of come over Emily, which would always be followed by her doppelganger appearing nearby and mimicking her movements. Now, we heard other stories about the doppelgangers kind of moving in and out and doing their own thing. Um, But the interesting case with Emily was that she never saw the doppelganger herself and she would usually be too out of these occurrences to really remember what was going on after. But the idea and the spotting of Emily's doppelganger was backed up by hundreds of witnesses over the years who professed to seeing her strange double. So her students would talk about things like their teacher would appear very ill while she was sitting in her chair. And so when she would stand up to get some water, she would leave her doppelganger sitting in the very chair she just vacated. On other accounts, um, Emily would be writing on the board. And when she kind of made the natural progression from left to right, her doppelganger would appear and slowly mimic the moves that Emily had just made. So she was like a, a slower mimic of what Emily was doing. But in a nutshell, it was essentially like Emily had a tracer effect on her is the only way I could describe it. Um And in his book, Robert Dale Owen tells a very interesting recounting of when an entire classroom witnessed this anomaly. So, quote, witnessed by nearly 50 persons, the students were intently working in their sewing class while another teacher sat at the front of the room reading a book. Outside the window, the students could see Emily working in the garden. The supervising teacher stood up and left the room. Seconds later, Emily walked in and sat down in the empty chair. Students thought nothing of it until one gasped and pointed out the window where Emily was still working diligently in the garden. Two of the students stood and approached the doppelganger and, being quite brave, reached out and touched it. They said it looked just like Emily Saget in all aspects, except when they ran their hands through the entity. They said it felt empty, kind of like the stuff that cobwebs are made out of. Later, Emily Saget told school officials that she had indeed been the one outside picking flowers in the garden, and she had not seen the doppelganger, but had, in fact, wished to herself that she was in the classroom supervising the sewing class instead of being outside working in the garden. School officials noted in their documentation that each time the doppelganger appeared to them, the real Emily appeared lethargic and listless, end quote. Now, if you really want to fuck around and find out, there are several websites that try to assist you in finding your doppelganger. Twinstrangers.net, 
ilooklikeyou.com and familysearch.org all set out to try to match strangers to your face using different logarithms to pinpoint the subtle differences in your appearance. But before you do that, however, just know there's a huge risk in doing so. Um, I doubt if your true doppelganger is trying to find you right now, but it's not for any reason other than being totally sinister. So what happens if you see your doppelganger? Like, what do you do? Well, there's not much you can do. Most of the sources I found recommend that you make an appointment with your doctor and you get a full fucking physical head to motherfucking toe um, to try to prevent you from dropping dead. But I mean, as my mom and sister can tell you, like nothing really prevents you from dropping dead, even a full physical. So like I like I'll say, don't fuck around. Don't find out. Avoid your doppelganger at all costs, because finding yours technically is mathematically less than like one in a one trillion chance. Um, But you're not going to get much time to celebrate if you do see your doppelganger, because it is very, very, very likely that you'll be dead shortly after. So that is our very quick episode on doppelgangers tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Patreon, please subscribe. It's um, $1 gets you in for everything. We don't have any tiers. You get all of it. Check out our Teespring, all those funds. Go to the Trevor Project. We do try to make those as cheap as possible so that you guys both get fun merch um, and that so we're not milking you dry. We didn't decide on doing this a fundraiser until recently after the Mormon church made the proclamation about our LGBTQ plus friends. So I am Chelsea. You can find me Sith Lord, uh, Noel, Noel Fian on everything. Um, please like and share our episodes, guys. It really does help the more people that we can get these episodes out to. Um, and just keep an eye out for things in the future. I'm going to start dropping some of the panels from Fanex too. It's a good way to participate and everything is free. And, um, oh, Noelle just texted me and she said, hell baby Jesus in his manger. Thanks everyone. Bye.